Now recording for the only podcast where brevity is the soul of stupid. See for yourself. I am your host, Gregory Samsa, and I am joined today by... LD. LD. The D that we all want to L. I have a I have a movie here for you today, LD. Are you prepared to uh, to hear about it? I am prepared to hear about all of it. All right. Well, then let's... Uh, the name of the movie is Creature. It is a 1985 uh, sci-fi horror film, and the blurb for this movie goes as follows. Uh, Two different crews are sent on a mission to space, but something may ensure... That they don't come back to Earth. Two different crews. Okay. I mean, first thing I think of is like alien, you know. I like how just inherently in the blurb, there's already tension. Like there's two different crews. Why do we have two different crews? They, they gotta be fighting. They, it can't just be us versus like the, the monster has to be, I don't trust you. You don't trust me. There's a like a battle for authority, you know, and um, they're gonna be fighting amongst themselves for the first half hour before they realize that like they need to band together. Uh, we've kind of skipped a few steps here. Just to be clear, I've not seen this movie. Uh, LD, have you seen this movie? I haven't. I mean, the movie's called Creature, and from, like, the look of the poster, like, this could be anywhere on, like, the spectrum of good or bad movies. It's a handsome poster. Yeah, I mean, I got, like, the one that's all blue with, like, little monster in the middle with, like, what was this, lanternfish teeth? That's what it looks like. So I have a completely different poster, actually. You got the red one? Yeah, I got the, I got the, like, the orangish, reddish one. Uh, my, my tagline for this, I love this tagline. First you die, then the terror begins. And that's so cool. It kind of makes me think this is, like, the people that die come back somehow or something. Like, it's some kind of a cosmic horror thing. Like zombies or something? Or, but like, or maybe something worse than that? Like mutations. Like, they come back and now they're with the creature or something. Or they're, like, they're part of the creature's body now. Oh god, that would be so fucking cool. I love that idea just on the face of it. I also am a huge fan of fates worse than death. Oh yeah. I always think of like the fly, you know? Like towards the end, like he's all like melties and can't talk and he's just like pulling the gun to his face, like oh, just... with that little claw hand he had. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, yeah like that was my little teenage brain was not ready when I saw that. Like, wow. This is scarier than being alive. Nice. I was a teenager when I watched that movie also. I did not realize that like I could feel so bad for a character that up till this point I kind of saw as a villain. Uh, you know, because I'm young and I, I try to like categorize things like that. Who's the bad guy in this movie? And I'm like, it's the guy who gets turned into a fly and he's, you know, trying to get this woman and he's like yelling at her and all these things and he's gross and nasty. And then he pulls that gun up to his head and I'm like, oh no, he's suffering. Like that's, that's terrible. Yeah. I would love to spend all day talking about the fly, but we should focus on <laughs> <laughs> I have a different poster and uh, it's got really cool like space backdrop and the tagline for it is it's been sleeping peacefully on a moon of Saturn for 2000 centuries until now which um 2000 centuries is what like 2 million I can't do math yeah it's like 200,000 years yeah 200,000 years um on a moon of Saturn so like I guess the, there's two ships or two crews yeah so that's a good question are, is it going to be two separate ships that are sent out or is it going to be one ship with just two separate crews I feel like one of the ships is going to break down and like the other one's trying to save them and so they bring that crew on board and then they come across like this moon on Saturn where like this monster is at or maybe the ships crash down on the moon and that's where they find them 
And when they bring everyone on board, they've also brought like the creature on board. Yeah, like there's already a ship that's like gone out and it's ahead of the other one. And so they have to send a second ship because they're not responding. And so they go to like try to save them. Maybe that's like something. Yeah, this is this is generally like um event horizon type situation. Oh, I love event horizon. This ship has disappeared, but now we know where it is. Let's go find them. Except I guess this time they're not gonna find corpses, they're gonna find like an actual crew that's still around. Um and maybe one of them comes back and they're not right. You know, given my my history and the, and the places that I've worked, almost all of the different industrial or like unsafe working conditions all have very specific rules that you have to follow. And they don't just come up with these rules arbitrarily. Somebody dies or gets maimed beyond belief. And then they come up with a rule that says, yep, you can't put your hand inside of the meat grinding machine. And so I would like a situation where like the first crew goes out and they're just like, you know, they can do whatever they want. There aren't any rules, whatever. And then the second crew goes out and they have all these rules in place that they kind of bitch and moan about but the guy who's running the ship is like hey we have these in place because people have been hurt yeah i would love for it to be like completely like second ship is just osha it's like yeah we are not going to lose another ship because this is expensive and people's lives are precious and the first ship they're just like yeah i mean we're just glad you're here but like we're not going to follow any of your rules and then that's how people end up dying i do like the idea of a stark contrast between the two crews i i would like to see that some of these older movies don't do a great job of representing certain demographics do you think that we'll get some diversity here and some good representation and 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 what 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 are your highest hopes for that <laughs> Or your deepest fears. So I'm not really sure exactly how connected to like Hollywood this is versus how independent it is. I could be surprised. It could end up being like a very diverse crew. But if it's connected to Hollywood, I fully expect there to be like one black character. It's sad to say, but that happens a lot, especially in the 80s. As far as ages go, I hope it's like a wide range. I hope it's like Alien, where you've got like a few old guys, a bunch of young people. Maybe there's like a kid in there. Maybe that kid has a dog in there. I have no idea. Like this might be like some type of family ship situation, like Lost in Space, where it's like, you know, the crew that comes out, they're there as like a unit. But hopefully it's not just going to be a whole bunch of white dudes. You know, hopefully there's going to be some women in there. Supposedly there's going to be some people of color in there. Uh, Do you know who the director is of, of this movie? It's Willem Maloney. William Maloney. William. I'm sorry, I mispronounced that. Oh, William Maloney. Uh, Let's see some of the other stuff William Maloney has done before Creature. He did Scared to Death. Never heard of it. Another movie nobody's ever seen. (laughs) I love the name, though. He he did I Want to Hold Your Hand. Oh, wow. Is it like a a Beatles documentary or something? Probably. Sounds about right. Uh, He also did Hollywood Boulevard, and those are the three uh, films that he's done before this one. And I'm sorry, he did not direct Hollywood Boulevard. He worked on it, so he was not the director. Well, I guess I'll go into this relatively blind because I can't tell if this is like an independent director or Hollywood director. Bits of information are hard to come across. He's done some other stuff since then, and probably the most popular is... uh, Let me make sure that he directed this one instead of putting my foot in my mouth. Yes, he did Fear.com. Oh, wow. I was not expecting that. Fear.com, that was like uh, 2000... It was like the the first bridge into like you know horror about the internet and like websites and people getting disappeared i feel like i saw it maybe but i don't remember anything about it i did watch fear.com and it was i hate saying this you know i hate saying this but this was kind of before i was uh, a big movie guy i was just sort of casually watching this movie it was very forgettable honestly i may have seen it but i don't remember it i feel like i remember the poster more than 
anything else. But uh, the the reason I bring up the representation is, you know, you brought up Alien, you know, pretty quickly. And like, even the names here, you know, Alien, Creature, kind of similar. Alien is sort of notorious for having a pretty wide gambit of different characters up to and including a cat. You know, Jonesy. We, we love Jonesy. One of my favorite parts about that movie, like, there's not a whole lot of sci-fi films with pets on board. I don't know if you know this about me. I'm huge into the Alien franchise. I love it so much. There are two women on board the Nostromo uh, in Alien. Ripley and the other character whose name I forget. Just to show you how deep I am into this, I forget character's name. Is it like a doctor or something? She's not the doctor. Uh, unfortunately, she gets kind of bad representation. She's mostly just there to like sort of yell and complain and be scared. She's sort of our damsel in distress character. Seems kind of like she's there to be like a foil to Ripley because Ripley's like a woman of action. And this other woman is not. You know, very smart choice not to include this scene in the original cut of the film. There was like a, a weird like rapey scene between the alien and this other uh, woman. So glad they didn't go that route. Yep, they cut that out. But in Aliens, in Alien 2, uh, they show, like, dossiers for all of the different characters who died in Alien 1. Big spoilers for Alien 1. Everybody dies except for Ripley and the cat. Yeah, I've seen the Alien movies, but... They revealed that that woman was a transgender woman. Okay. And they didn't need to include that. They didn't, like, it's literally in a blink and you'll miss it little piece of document, nothing. It's not part of her character at all. It's literally just in there. They they mention it. But just to talk about, if we're going to talk about different representations and a, and a, a wide gambit of diversity in a cast, Alien 1 had a pretty wildly wide uh, gambit of characters. It was very, I mean, it was 1979. So, like, I feel like the 70s, there, there, there was like a wave of them trying to sort of make sure that like in general like america was seen in its entirety they didn't do great but they did a lot better than before and i feel like 80s were like they sort of rolled it back a little bit just because there's like a lot of sophomore humic that day that, uh, that decade i don't know when the aids epidemic happened but that's probably a big like affecting yeah contributor to this yeah, Nancy Reagan and all that. I feel like that was that was probably eighties. So you would have seen like more diverse cast maybe in the seventies than you wouldn't see in the eighties. Yeah. So the AIDS epidemic began in eighty one. So yeah, right at the start of the eighties, basically, people were like, yeah, don't don't show gay people because they're the they're the reason, you know. They're ah! um yeah, Nancy Reagan. The propaganda. I don't remember, but I think Princess Diana maybe really changed the way that people looked at the AIDS epidemic when she she basically called out and said, give these people. A hug because they need it and it's not going to hurt you i mean there's also lots of lots of more um 90s tv shows would have um like main characters who are gay it started to happen like a lot more because in general you wouldn't see that before then so what i'm getting from you is that we're gonna have some sweet sweet gay representation in this movie and it's gonna break the mold and say fuck you 1980s gay people as far as the eye can see just a myriad of gay people and not on the, sh the crew that gets killed off right in the beginning not those guys the guys that save everybody and are really helpful and cool in 1985 i have no idea it's a toss-up but like my prediction is it's gonna be mostly white actors that would be par for the course for 1980s but i'd love to be wrong very safe prediction i i i agree with that is our creature going to talk we're going to get like a creature that can communicate with humans in in a way that's articulate and easily understood the poster i have it looks like one of those lantern fish creatures and i can imagine it's going to be legible it's going to make some noises oh my god it will make noises the, the way your poster sounded like you die and then the horror starts that sounds like the thing that sounds like people want to be like walking around with the monster inside them so maybe we'll hear the the monster the creature um but it'll be trying to sound like us 
Yeah, I would love it not to assimilate the people, but rather to sort of like enslave them after death. Maybe it has a way of like keeping them alive, quote unquote. So like when other creatures that look like these things that it's killed come around, it can lure them in. And it has the ability not to talk directly itself, but to like control them to speak. Like it doesn't know how our language works. It just, our brain is kept alive and it manipulates that information. There's that creepy, <laughs> the more I'm thinking about it, like, there's, there's always a really creepy fish. There's one where like it's um it has like a lure on its head and that looks like a baited fish or something to like lure larger fish in and I feel like that that could definitely be the situation where like the creature itself is somewhere else um but each of the people that it's sort of like you know consumed and enslaved they're like the lures they're gonna like draw people in probably it's gonna do some kind of sex thing where they're gonna like hey you know you look pretty let's go over here so we can be alone and bam nom 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 you know or they're just gonna do some kind of paranoid thing where they turn the rest of against each other and that way it's easier to pick them off i like that so that you've, you've presented two different ideas so the first idea works better if it's like a second crew coming to save the first the second idea you had works better if it's two crews showing up at the same time to compete with one another and and they're like being manipulated to sort of kill each other off so the creature can come around and you know scavenge the pickings after that i do i do always love when stories try to create their own type of predator species of some kind you know so their own type of like animal to like kill other animals animals they sort of like pick animals that we already have existing and take things from them and, and make a little hodgepodge of all that and i always wonder like why don't we see more scavengers and like scavenging tactics it's usually like apex predators that have like blades and claws all over the place and they just kill the living hell out of everything but it's very rarely an animal that's waiting around for other animals to kill things i'm, I'm not here to fight anybody i just want to eat the dead things yeah i mean feel like if, if it's just one creature then yeah they would be trying to turn like the tide because you know they're wildly outnumbered so they're trying to make sure that um at least they've got fewer they have to contend with by themselves like that's the main reason why ripley wins at the end is like because early on you know it's picking them off one by one by the sheer number of weapons that that alien has that keeps it um alive for so long like the whole acid blood and everything like it's got all the cheat codes it has the the grand theft auto like <laughs> like the you ever do that when you were a kid where you had like a friend who knew all the cheat codes for Grand Theft Auto because they had internet access, but you didn't. So you're like, oh, please, you know, and you, you didn't realize that like you can just write them down from the internet. This guy didn't learn the cheat codes himself. Like he just Googled it basically, you know, I remember that and thinking like, wow, this guy's so cool. He actually has like the different codes to summon a tank in Grand Theft Auto. Wow, that's that's so crazy. Yeah, I love the the zero gravity where you you'd tap a car and it would fly into space. So I, I feel like we're drawing a lot from Alien in our predictions do you ever wonder if maybe i'm not trying to say this is gonna happen i'm not you know not very likely but if i am allowed to make wild predictions and i am i would like to venture a guess that's a little outside of the wheelhouse here because you said this and it made me think what if instead of it being a creature in the traditional sense it's more like a ghost no oh, space ghost okay and it's, it's a ghost it's not killing for food it's killing because it's lonely there aren't other ghosts on this like singular planet they're visiting. There's nothing else there. Wow. It's trying to populate the planet with like friends, basically. It wants the homies, man. It's it is a homosexual, as it were. <laughs> that'd be interesting. I don't feel like that's that'd be it'd be way too deep for a movie that's called just creature. <laughs> like well, I mean, we fell for the trap immediately. We were like, creature, alien, they're the same movie. That's basically what we've been doing so far. Yeah. Already, even us giganto brains here at the See For Yourself, the smartest men who've ever lived, the greatest film watchers of all time! 
You said I didn't. We, f we fell right into the trap, you know? I would love for this to be an art film, actually. Um, I would love for it to be, like, we're going in thinking it's going to be an alien ripoff, and they take it into, like, this, you know, like, six-dimension, otherworldly. They're not just being attacked by a creature, but, like, the cosmos are, like, pulling them out of reality. Maybe they're replaced by creatures. What if it's, like, it's a man who found, like, when he came to this planet, he found a, like, wormhole into the fourth dimension, and they're like, there's this creature that's killing us off. Oh, my God, we're so scared. But it's not a creature. It's just a person who's living in the fourth dimension and he doesn't understand that he's killing people on accident yeah these would be all great like twilight zone or x-files episodes like each one of these things that we're we're discussing i feel like probably we're going to be disappointed <laughs> i feel like if i were a, a filmmaker in the 1980s that's all i would do people would be like hey can you write us like a like a movie with like a quick and easy thing and i'd be like no but i can make you a very compelling star trek episode <laughs> Was there ever a Star Trek episode that you thought was like particularly compelling that you really enjoyed? It's funny you should ask. I'm actually, um, I'm a huge Trekkie. Oh, okay. You said like really compelling, like something that's close to like a creature type situation. Well, we, we don't have to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm basically just pushing rope at this point. I'm trying to, you know, Oh yeah, yeah. kill time here, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. Was there a particular? One of the most iconic ones is, um, there's like a, an original series episode. They go to this planet and there's all these miners and they're like really pissed off because um a lot of their a lot of the people are getting like eaten by this monster uh, or like acid burned by this monster and you find out that they've been like mining through this planet and digging through all through all these minerals to like take with and it turns out like they're actually been they've been killing like this creature's young and like you know like just taking the, the, the raw materials and taking them out and this creature's like trying to defend itself it's like these are my babies and the only way they could find that out is because you know spock's on the planet he meets with it touches it and does the mind meld thing is like, yeah, this planet has an organism and you're like causing it to suffer. So that's that's why they're fighting back. What do you mean you're all out of fresh ideas? That brings us to a great point. You've pointed out, you know, this could be like Alien. And one of the biggest faults of Alien is that the Alien doesn't really have any motivation. It's just a killer. It's just like a tiger that's been left loose on the, on the ship. You know, it's not an intelligent being. It doesn't have feelings or emotions or motivations. It's just scared and it's killing things. We don't even know if it's scared. Can it feel fear? We don't know. Will our creature have a motivation i mean i feel like the alien from alien is it's a breeder um there's lots of them like that where they just want to procreate they want to like have babies and like you know make those babies go out into the world and you know eat and and then breed their own babies like that's that's the deal with that one it's it's motivation is terrifying but very like nature based so i mean that could be what we're going up against is that is that what you're 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 considering here for creature creature is just going to be like i'm here to eat fucking shit i'm just hoping for some great special effects. Story-wise, I'm not expecting a lot. I'm hoping for like good special effects, maybe some good cheesy lines. Um, oh, some good one-liners! Come on, yeah. It's an '80s sci-fi movie. Like, what else are they, what else are they laying in front of me? Hell yeah! I, I'm sorry. I feel like I kind of. Uh... With the Star Trek thing, my favorite Star Trek episode, they go to this planet, you know, all the great Star Trek episodes start this way. They go to this planet, and when they get there, all of the people on the planet, they're, they're just like regular humans, effectively, and they talk like regular humans, except they speak in references to this very, very popular book. And that's, like, key to understanding their language. And normally, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we just have these automatic, you know, translators, these automatic communicators that we use. Um, but it doesn't seem to understand that thing he just said about this or the other. And they learn that it's a highly culturally significant book. 
Okay, is this the next generation one with uh, with the guys speaking in memes, or is this? Do you remember what which cast this one is? I can't remember. I'm I'm pretty big on Next Generation, even though I think Deep Space Nine is probably the better. So it's not a book. It's basically like historical events. Like any any time something has happened in like the um in the history of these people, they've sort of like that's become part of their culture. Um, they're basically talking about memes. Like anytime you see like a, like a meme online and it's using say SpongeBob or something, but they're not talking about SpongeBob. They're talking about like something else with that meme story because it's become culturally significant to us we all know that like squidward hates living next door to spongebob and that relates to how some people don't like living and and now you you're relating these characters to so it's like a it's like a metaphor but with added parts right exactly so that's one of the best next generation episodes and in that one picard's like doing the whole diplomat thing where he's cut off from the rest of the ship and they're like trying to figure out they're like a threat or not and like their whole thing is they want to join with other people um as like you know compatriots but to do that they have to put themselves in like a moment of crisis where they have to fight together in order to in order like to become closer and uh and yeah like their communicators have like the whole language interpreting thing but that's just for like word to word you know like dialect to dialect it doesn't take into account like the whole you know references thing so it's colloquialisms and and other like you know what are some things that you would say that like uh somebody from like a different culture might not understand like easy peasy might not be easily understood by people because it's just the peasy part is nonsense it doesn't make any sense yeah so that, that one goes to like the work of trying to go from you know misunderstandings to you know speaking a common tongue even though you may not know everything about them you know listen you fight with me we bleed together we're brothers now you know that sort of thing and I, I it just reminds me of like some of my favorite comedians talk about how language is confusing and like George Carlin I love George Carlin I lot of his humor is like language is weird right and here's some great examples of why it's weird and so when i see like a show like star trek that can do anything you know it can it can go nuts it can have a monster it can have like a big space empire it can have anything and it chooses to be like words are weird let's talk about words (laughs) i think that's so cool yeah, I wish there were. Um, I wish there were more episodes that were specifically about basically it's, it's diplomacy and multiculturalism, like uh, on a scope that you didn't really see a whole lot on that show. There is a sci-fi author who died recently, actually, um, Ursula K. Le Guin, and I'm probably uh, mispronouncing her name, but Ursula very familiar. Um, did she write for Star Trek? I don't know if she did, but I know that she wrote the Earthsea uh, franchise. Oh, okay. One of her big arguments when she's discussing writing and discussing like sci-fi as a genre is that. That she is frustrated by stories like like Star Wars, where it's all about like a very direct, like they they understand sci-fi only through the lens of what is literally happening on Earth. So like Star Wars has all those like references to uh, fascism and Nazis and things like that. And it's she does not like that. She's like sci-fi is so big and so wild, and you can write literally anything, and it doesn't have to be a direct. Oh, I just picked up Nazis and put them in a different uniform, and now that's the Empire. The whole good and evil like big action movie like star wars does a lot of good things but in general that could be like a fantasy series and it really wouldn't change anything about it like there wouldn't like you could you could translate all that to like lord of the rings or something and just like a a lot of fantasy writers in general not just sci-fi are really quick to be like well colonialism is bad let me just put colonialism as the villains not to say that that's not like yes colonialism is bad and, and yes it's good to have like good reference material from the real world in your stories but ursula was really big on 
it's sci-fi go wild like create civilizations that didn't create globalization or didn't create fascism or didn't create uh, socialism or, or you know something completely new that you just come up with on your own because it's it is a new world you can do anything and i love i love ursula for that uh, and i'm probably paraphrasing her a lot i would i, I need to do more reading of her uh, understanding of this because it is a perspective that i'm incredibly interested in so we're, we're coming up on that time are there any last minute predictions that you want to make any any just quick like oh oh i thought about this and this would be kind of cool you know uh, i already said the thing about ghosts so that's ruined for you you can't take that it's mine no 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 original character do not steal i love this called creature because we're essentially watching a creature feature and sci-fi as 80s they could go predictable routes but i'd love for it to be even though it's supposed to be like on saturn's moon or something what if like it's buried and like these two crews they're the ones that like draw it out that like it, it could end up being a situation where like they could have just do rescued this crew or whatever but like they wake it up sort of like a mummy type situation you know where like if they just like left left all you know left it all alone you know not tried to like dig up whatever precious minerals or whatever you know um, disturb this creature you know it, it could end up being like the creature was man you know because they uh they invaded you know this person's home i would really like to see a situation where the creature's motivation is like protecting its homeland or protecting its kids or uh, something like that you know sort of humanizing the the villain quote unquote in 1985 probably not the creature is gonna be like oh man i just i love killing i love it killing all these humans it's my favorite and i i hate them because they're humans and uh i don't have any thoughts or feelings because i'm a monster and this is how monsters work in 1985 where there's no nuance uh nuance died in uh, uh I don't know, 1600 or something. And it wasn't brought back to life until uh, 2023. Uh <laughs> I feel like it's possible. I, I feel like it's very, it's very possible that it's, um, it's going to end up being a nuanced story. Um, I guess we'll just have to find out for ourselves. We'll have to see for ourselves. Well, with that said, uh, let's go ahead and, and call it here. We'll, uh, we'll split up. We'll go watch the movie and we'll come right back and we'll talk more about the movie. And there'll be some cool music connecting this ending bit where I stop the recording with the part where I start the recording again after having seen it. There'll be music there. You can listen to the music if you want. You can choose not to listen to the music. It's going to be about 10 seconds. It's almost always about 10 seconds of music. You can enjoy it. You do that. It'll probably be like, I don't know, like a, like a, din, 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 din. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't put the music in yet. Well, I'm going to be moving in a groove into it. So yeah, get it going. We love music. You know, hold on. Final prediction. The monster loves music too. I don't know how they're going to fit that into the movie. I can say whatever I want right now. I don't get paid for this shit. <laughs> uh, I don't have a boss. I'm the boss. <laughs> uh, we'll just, we'll, we'll go right into the movie right now. Do, 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 do. Oh, so we return from the depths of the creature or creature. We return from the depths of creature, creature depths. This was not very well thought out, clearly, on my behalf, not on Creature's behalf. What did you What did you think of the movie? Tell me, did it, uh, did it strike you in any particular way? What are your thoughts? Uh, hit me with it. I was depressed by how much I predicted came true. It's basically, you know, it's 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 an alien ripoff, but it's not without some merits. You know, I I tend to find even like minor details applaudable, even though it's like, 
eh, this went direct to video, I imagine. I don't know. Uh, there were definitely a couple of little things that really excited me about the movie. I loved the use of color in the lighting. Oh, yeah, very blue. Lots of very dramatic colors, you know, that like cold blue and then that those like warm oranges and yellows and like something about it. Just I love seeing that anytime it's used. And I thought that the movie, while yes, it is a lot of blues, I think generally if I had to be critical, I would say this was probably them trying to cover up for the fact that this was something of a more budget production and that it wasn't it wasn't going to look very good. So they had to use those dramatic colors to sort of make the eye not pay attention to a lot of the uh, the low production value in the set design. Yeah, it was very like, oh, they went to like an industrial site, you know, like like a lot of low budget sci-fi movies and they just filmed all scenes in some industrial site and lit it really darkly and had like some smoke machines come through. But yeah, they had like some some yellowish orange moments. Um, like the sex scene was just orange. It felt like, like the light from Saturn was being cast upon them. But the rest of the movie is very blue. I was so close because like I'm, I'm watching the sex scene and I'm like, oh god, you know, it's a, it's a lower budget movie. We're probably going to have two or three more sex scenes in this fucking thing and they only had the one sex scene and it was relatively tasteful like there was still an essence of like the male gaze in there but like they lowered the camera down to her naked chest and then faded to black before showing anything and i was like oh well that's that's nice they didn't you know that's cool and then later uh one of the one of the women is just like fully naked standing there it's the same girl um because like no no, no it's, it's someone else it was uh susan delon so Susan's the one that we see uh, like just just without a helmet and then without any clothes on the moon, just like staring at um, John or something. So you were you were absolutely right about like the using the dead people as a lure to entrap people. It was only sometimes that they would actually like entrap them so that the monster could get them. A lot of times it was they would entrap them and then the person themselves would put the mini alien on their neck. Little brain sucker. Yeah, which feels very uh, lazy to me but also i feel that it's very lazy to have the characters fight off the alien with a gun yeah the the power tools with the silencer on them <laughs> you know the, they have the security officer who had their own gun and then they had like the the dopey little nothing guns that they came across oh yeah bryce had like a machine gun yeah my, one of my favorite things in the movie is that bryce is that silent protagonist we talked about that and i i, I fall for it every time you know a character's not talking a lot and i'm just like oh that's so mysterious god i, I wonder what's going on in their head i bet i bet they're just like me i bet <laughs> and at the end of the movie i was right bryce is just like me they're like where the fuck were you bryce what the hell melanie melanie bryce is like oh i went over here and then i came back over here and, and that's how i you know saved you in the end and they're like okay but but that that shouldn't take that long what what took you so long and she just goes i got lost <laughs> i got lost i didn't know where i was going yeah I feel like they were trying to build some tension and then relieve it with a joke, which I kind of was thinking, like, are they going to have one final scare? It's like, nah. And that's, that, I mean, that's what Alien did, right? Alien did the, like, you know, Ripley got out safe and, and everything's okay. And then, oh, no, one final scare. The alien's with her in the escape pod. Ah, fuck. And this movie a little bit did that too, but not exactly. Did you did you see the book that she was reading, Scared to Death? Scared to Death is the other movie that the guy made before this movie. Yeah, I think that was a little bit of product placement. <laughs> yeah, she said she read it three times, only book she brought on board, and the other guy's like, yeah, that'll rot your brain. Uh, what did you think of the design of the alien itself? They, they show like a little bit at a time. You know, first it's just like, oh, look, so here's some dripping. It's like, oh, look, here's like this sort of meat concoction. You know, super long neck. It's like, oh, 
okay, all right, that's looking more like Ridley Scott's Alien. And then by the end of it, it's like, okay, this is very, very much like Alien, but kind of like Godzilla. When, when they're getting electrocuted, you know, the way they like stumbles around, it's definitely a guy in a suit, just got a long tail, long neck. It felt like a little Godzilla creature. And of course, it's got that a sort of toothy grin thing, sort of like those little fish creatures so an amount of respect needs to be paid to the original alien from or the xenomorph from alien in that the actor that they had play the alien was like what's the appropriate way to say this he he was a guy with sort of a scary body right balaji uh badejo whose name i'm probably butchering this is my first time saying it out loud he he was a very tall man with very like uh long features you know okay like big arms or something or he he had very long arms very slender frame long fingers and so a lot of the way that the alien looks he's six foot ten in in case you're wondering and a lot of the like intimidation factor of the alien comes from his just natural body and it's unfortunate that like and this happens with almost any actor who plays like a creature and a creature features he doesn't get any credit for this but yeah a lot of this the the scare factor for the original xenomorph comes from him i mean there's some really good um like physical actors that use like the nature of their body to sort of fall into like these good monster roles like doug jones famously is in a lot of movies um a lot of like uh, horror movies and sci-fi and usually they use like his natural tall very slender frame to sort of put you know any sort of like makeup and effects on top of them to sort of simulate you know like really realistic looking creatures yeah it was in the hellboy franchise um let's see he's also in the shape of water he's on star trek discovery Uh, each one of those he's playing like an alien or a creature or something with just like really otherworldly body sort of thing um you rarely see him outside of the makeup with just his natural face but dude's very tall very thin um good actor oh yeah i I mean i love him as abe plays like a like that fish creature thing in um the hellboy movies Abe is such a like a, a delicate character and he's got so much nuance to his like feelings and his you know uh, expression and I think that he captures that very well. I just love Abe as like a contrast to Hellboy because he's very sensitive and, and thoughtful and Hellboy's like action man and Abe is like a water creature and Hellboy's like a fire creature. I don't know. I think that whoever's writing Hellboy, you're doing a great job. You're doing you're doing it up, you know. Yeah, and he plays the um the the pale man from um from Pan's Labyrinth, you know, the guy with like the, the eyes in his hands. Yes. So, so like imp- just like the, the one of the problems with the alien in creature is that it is overtly threatening it has these big scary fucking teeth you know and that feature alone is like enough to be inherently you can tell this is a killing creature it's it is going to hurt you and a lot of the characters that doug jones portrays it's kind of hard to tell just how threatening they are exactly they're scary looking certainly they don't have like swords coming out of their eyeballs and shit you know what i mean although he does play um this really ancient vampire in the tv series version of what we do in the shadows yes yes i have seen that character yeah i love i love that it is a very funny role he plays for that too but he's like one of the more like serious sort of vampires out of the group because the rest of them have like silly and goofball kind of characters and then his is like he's like an old old vampire who's kind of more serious orlock of the group you know yeah yeah like just detached from reality yeah he's been doing this for so long his his brain has become more basically yeah yeah I, I like that character a lot but yeah coming back to creature uh i love that like, we go into this as creature um 
but it's like it's called the titan find which so many sci-fi movies like they'll get like a release and like immediately after it's like all right let's change the name no one's watching this you know <laughs> mm, yeah yeah i was going to mention that as we were doing the preamble to this episode but uh i didn't want to like make it confusing for people to find the movie yeah it does have a secondary title or like a not a secondary title but like a original title that they've changed or maybe creature was the original title that they changed and then went back to i'm not sure the history on it exactly but yes what i'm guessing is it was originally the titan find and then they released it and then no one watched it because the title wasn't it didn't grab you enough it's like what is that so they probably just renamed it to creatures like oh okay we know what that is that's alien we're gonna go see that did you think there was anything more to the aspect of like germany versus usa because initially i didn't like like the the title comes up and it gives you that little the little blurb right before the movie comes up where it explains that these are two competing industrial capitalists that are you know exploring the deep recesses of space for rare commodities basically rare rare resources it was like specifically one's a german company and one's a, a usa company and immediately i'm like oh well maybe there's like a like a political intrigue aspect of this and it doesn't really seem like there is and that was very disappointing for me so it looks like there's three different crews because the the one we see at the very beginning like the like the opener the teaser whatever those are clearly two american guys talking they don't even try to have german accents well they're not they're they're part of nti and they say that later in the film yes yeah, so, so so that's nti that the u.s group and there's like richter dynamics that's the german group like hans's character like him and his like 22 shipmates their ship was the titan and that's the one that has all the bodies and everything and the bombs on it and stuff yeah, and he's got a bomb on there, um, and it's like it's in English, but you know, <laughs> I guess they were trying to like maybe make it clear that in this future, you know, timeline, they we're out in space, but we're not the only ones. We can't really trust who else is out here, you know, digging into like this moon and um, and what they might have found or dug up or whatever. I didn't like how Hans's character is introduced like molesting a woman casually, and the movie doesn't really like talk about that at all. It just happens. He breaks in and like immediately goes to like Bryce's like bedroom and just just grabs her and it's like that's what no one responds to that later on and then like um or not Bryce uh it was um I thought it was Bryce no he he grabs Bryce later on when they're outside the ship he, he assaults two separate people really fuck yeah I must have missed that damn oh no wait I think it was Bryce twice what the hell yeah I think it because he follows Bryce out because he earlier he he grabs on her and he's like, oh, I see you like guns. What else are you interested in? That's right. She's got the gun room. Yeah. Yeah. Because she has guns and nobody else on the ship does. And then later when they're like splitting up, he's like, I'll go with Bryce because I've already fucking molested her. They definitely make him just out to be a real scummy, scrummy, nasty guy. Um, As if he wasn't already gross enough. At one point he's playing like a whole five minutes. He's talking with while he's eating and you can just see everything in his mouth down, down on like, I don't know, some in and out or something thing it was ridiculous yeah i don't understand i guess i just wanted more of a comeuppance for him for being a weird molesty guy they might have just been trying to this was what like 1985 so maybe they're just trying to saddle the whole gross post world war ii german villain guy yeah and then he's also gonna casually grope women while he's out there the actor Klaus Kinski plays the German guy, Hans Hoffner, and he's um, most notable for playing Dracula in um, 
the Nosferatu, the vampire movie, the one directed by uh, Werner Herzog. He's also in Fitzcarraldo as Fitzcarraldo, also by Herzog. He plays like predatory characters pretty regularly. He's played like um, Dracula in other movies too. For the record, in case you were getting your your britches a little too, you know, up on how correct you were, there was a black character in the film. David Moses plays the uh, mission coordinator. Oh, what mission control? That's right. Yeah. They, they've got like a space station that's on for like a minute. Yep, and he's there, just you know, adding that that little dab of color to this fucking movie. That whole space station goes up, right? Like, cause the ship yeah. into it. Absolutely, yes. We don't see it blow up, but like it's heavily implied. That, like, we do see it blow up because it. Remember, it, it shows the ship like flying at it, and then a big sparkly explosion. So we we do see it. We just don't see it from their perspective. We don't see them dying, but we do see the ship, and then the the ship that they're trying to have on board, but it's piloted by a dead guy, fly right into it. Which I did really like that scene, like showing them trying to accept this, re- retrieve this upcoming ship, and trying to contact them, like, hey, why are you not slowing down? Da 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 da. And then it shows the image and it's like clearly like almost like a silhouette of a skeleton kind of so like a rotting body or something yeah i thought that looked great i I don't know why i just i remember thinking like oh this is actually kind of spooky looking and like scary I, i like this I also liked a lot of the user interfaces that they were using. I know they were probably like copy and paste over from Alien effectively because, you know, it's cheaper to just use the same stuff. They used a sound effect from Star Wars at one point, just randomly. I I heard it and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's like the sound of a blaster going off or something from Star Wars. Like, why Oh, is yeah, that- I definitely heard that. I think that was... um. I think maybe when they're like picking up or, or lifting off. I think they were entering orbit and like yeah. they, they transitioned to show the ship like entering into the planet's orbit and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, activate the boosters and it just goes pew! And I'm yeah. like, what? It was, it was it was very much that blaster. Um, and it, and it sucks because like technically there's no reason you can't use the blaster, but now like everyone has heard that sound a bajillion oh, times. Yeah. They they reuse that same blaster sound everywhere. Um, well in in Wars can at least. You know, creature creature had no control over that, so they just used a sound they thought was appropriate. It's fine. Did not age well. <laughs> I think everything about this movie didn't really age very well. There were some funny parts, though. Um, I love that, like, at the very beginning, like, those two um, astronauts, like, they find this egg. They're like, hey, look, this thing's super ancient. And, oh, I think I saw something move in there. Why don't you put your bare butt on it? (laughs) Why don't don't you fucking treat this thing like an office building copier machine and just slap that ass on it? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. Why don't you do it? It's like, oh, my God. Oh, the, the back and forth there is fucking genius. It almost felt like, you know how uh, when Prometheus came out? You remember Prometheus? Yeah, I saw it. You know, as a, as a guy who tries to enjoy movies, I'm watching it, and I'm liking a lot of this stuff here, and I'm, I'm ignoring a lot of the, like, petty small things that, you know, a lot of other people would argue ruined their immersion. You know, oh, they're the smartest and bravest scientists ever, and they took their helmets off after all their machines told them that they could breathe in this atmosphere. Ugh, what a crazy, stupid, dumb dumb idiot scene that ruined the entire film for me. This movie has those scenes in it constantly. I can't remember which one. Uh, I think Beth's the one who like runs out of the uh, of her ship with her helmet off. It's like, oh, oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe now. And it's like, yep. Yeah, you're an astronaut. You should know the protocol of like you put the helmet on before 
you leave the airlock. There's like a million examples of this. And that opening scene almost feels like they're lampooning that, which to me, I'm going to take it as that. If to me, a lot of these scenes where Beth doesn't put her helmet on or so on and so forth, they're funny to me. I think they're funny. I think they're, they're poking fun at the genre. I mean, it's, it's definitely poking fun at it because like the first scientist says, you know what, whatever's in there, it's um, it's probably going to be real pissed and real angry and real hungry. You know, it's like, what kind of scientist are you? Yeah, I wrote that line down to bring it up later. Uh, he says, uh, what kind of scientist are you in response to him like having all these protests and he just says okay and then starts doing what he's being told and what he was arguing against like <laughs> god damn the name of the ship for the uh for the americans was the shenandoah if you're not familiar the shenandoah is a uh is a is a, a river that is referenced in country roads a song in uh not prometheus but the very next film alien covenant they sing they like sing the whole song basically as like a moment that's supposed to be kind of heartwarming for the audience before all the crazy horror shit starts happening and so i think it's really interesting that shenandoah shows up here and it's like shenandoah Noah River, Blue Ridge Mountain, West Virginia. Like, <laughs> that's that is a, either a weird coincidence or an incredibly deep cut from Alien Covenant. Maybe it is a deep cut to it. This movie exists in that sort of monster in space whole subgenre, even though like they're trying to like poke fun at it while they're making the same mistakes. It's you know, it's a late night creature feature. Like, what do you really expect? It's a slasher film, but it's set in space and yeah. I mean like if you'd watched Alien and wanted more of the same, then this would this would scratch that itch. There are a lot of movies in certain genres where we were just spoiled for choice at a certain point in history. Like if you wanted to watch like coming of age movies where all various kids learn how to better themselves and their relationships with others by playing a sport specifically that's a very specific ask in the year 2023 but in the 1990s you had a million options right there were just a, a, like a, so many movies about boy oh boy i'm i'm unsure about how to like connect with others and, and make friends and all these other things maybe i should start playing pick any sport you can find a movie about that yeah i think mostly the ones that come to my mind are like sandlot and mighty ducks you know so those are some of the popular ones but you can find like movies in this exact plot synopsis that are b movies just like creature where it's like yeah it's it's not mighty ducks it's not the sandlot it's not gonna have that same amount of charm or wit to it but it's it's that if you want it like um what is it little giants was a good one what i'm getting at is just like nowadays we we do sort of get this but it's not as uh prevalent like it doesn't happen for like 10 years straight which is probably for the best because basically major studios have just started doing that themselves where they're like wow iron man did really well let me just make iron man for the next 15 fucking years yeah well they there are those like um direct-to-video ripoffs that almost every movie has like as soon as like any like blockbuster comes out usually like for the next two years you're gonna see a whole bunch of like straight to dvd versions of that the ones where they just change the names like slightly like they'll be like an avengers but there's like i don't know like a, like a avengers instead of pacific rim they had atlantic rim i think yeah 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 like, like your grandma brings the video over like look what i found in the five dollar bin you know that's you're gonna find that and, and creature is a very competent version of that by the way this isn't like oh grandma you got me creature instead of alien and then you watch it and you're like this isn't even is this even a movie holy shit it's watchable it doesn't feel like it drags i mean uh, even those 
very predictable. It's just it's a slasher, you know, like they're going to separate everybody. There's gonna be lots of people pairing up. I noticed like throughout it, it's like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, they're they're together. Okay, sure. They're they're together now. Was there any bit of it that was just like standout, excellent, oh my god, jaw dropping good for you? There were a lot of lines which I feel like were basically cut and paste from other movies. Like Perkins at one point, the the guy who was um I think he's like Ferris Bueller's dad in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He, they're, they're like looking at some stuff on the plan. It's like this stuff is gonna be worth the fortune. It's like only if we make it back. And it's like yeah, that's that's clearly you know like a lot of these sci-fi horror movies. Like there's always the one guy who's who's there. He's the company guy. He's like out to get rich. And uh, meanwhile, people are dropping like flies. You know, a lot of Hans's lines are so so wild and so weird. Even though he's like a despicable character, like his lines are the only ones that are really memorable. Like, he's talking about the uh, the bodies on on that planet are like they ca- they come from a collection of life from all over the galaxy like a child's butterfly collection yeah i was gonna say that butterfly collection line is lit i was not expecting it you know it's a good use of like metaphor because that is kind of what it is children collecting dead animals and this horrifying monster collecting dead animals like yeah it's it's really good it's, it's good special effects i mean like not not like legendary but like um i think someone gets like their face peeled straight off at one point that is for me by the way that is my like holy shit jaw dropping wonderful scene that just blew my fucking brains out uh that whole sequence with john like trying to capture the doctor and then getting her and then the other guys show up to investigate they're struggling with him and one dude just blows his entire fucking head off yeah Oh, oh, and speaking of good lines, Wendy Oliver, who's like the doctor of the, the group, she's with John. And at this point, we know that he's got like the monster on his head. We know he's like being possessed. And he's like, yeah, let, let's let's go together, you know, and you can give me a checkup on the way. And she's like, you know, I have a secret. I'm actually a biophysics daughter. I'm not not like a real doctor. He's like, oh, yeah. And John's like, oh, yeah, don't, don't worry. I have a secret of my own. And she's like, what's that? And he doesn't answer her. <laughs> He says, he says, oh, we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he doesn't answer her. And he goes off into the dark room. And I'm like, oh, my God, really? He's like, oh, we're here. And she's like, oh, okay. And he's like, oh, gosh, the lights are off. You just stay here one second. Goes into the dark room. And she's like, John, is everything okay in there? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll have him on in a second. You just go ahead and come on in. And she fucking does. It was both unsettling and hilarious. Because you know what's going to happen. You, it's, it's not like a question. It's just a matter of when and where it's going to come from. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of bodies hang from the ceiling too so i i felt like and i'm not trying to you know be reductive about this movie even though that's kind of a lot of what we've been doing here i felt like the alien and creature is kind of a mix of predator and alien a little bit yeah we get the we get like that pov where it's sort of like i don't know it's not it's not like body heat but sort of like it's scanning their their body heat which very much reminds me of predator a different kind of vision and the upside down people and i think that's the point it's also got red eyes yeah it does have red eyes when it's in the hallway and it's like walking at them and then and then later i think it does too when it's like right up on uh the dude and he like by the way oh my another scene that just fucking blew my fucking head off too he sees the monster he's like tries shooting at it and misses or whatever the fuck so he runs up grabs the top of the railing and then double kicks it you know what i think i might have i might have missed that that's that's cool that's cool. I was like, this is so fucking rat. Like, that's the kind of thing that, like, in the writer's room, somebody would be like, all right, so he's got to ditch the gun and go and have, like, a fist fight with the thing. How does he do it? And some asshole's like, I don't know. He, like, jumps up, does a gymnastics move, and then kicks it with both of his feet in the face. And somebody's like, no notes. Don't change a damn thing. Perfect. <laughs> There's another good line where uh, they're trying to figure out how to kill the thing. And uh, so they're just brainstorming and uh, Beth Sladen's there. And she's like, you know, I saw a movie once. 
<laughs> a group of people are trapped on this ice station, and there's a carrot from another planet, and the other guys are just like burst out laughing. It's like, no, 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 listen, they kill it by electrocuting it. We could electrocute it. And it's like, that's great. I, I love that no one here is equipped to handle any type of alien attack, but at least someone watches movies and they're gonna get <laughs> an idea from a movie to solve their current situation. I know that you haven't watched a lot of the episodes of the podcast, but there is sort of a running gag from season one where uh whenever we watch older movies for some reason blue lightning special effect comes up and we have this guy on the podcast every now and again and he just loves that blue lightning special effect it's his favorite fucking thing and we got it in this movie and we got a lot of it in one scene usually you get like a little bit of blue lightning not a whole lot but it, it was on screen for quite a bit of time this was like a debut performance for whoever does the like animation for blue lightning and the cgi for blue lightning in these 1980s sci-fi films and it actually looked pretty good <laughs> was a good 10 seconds where it's the alien in the dark hallway and he's just lit up. Which gives us one of the best visuals of the alien's entire body in the entire film. Yeah, that's when it really comes across as like a Godzilla type. But look, it looks really good. I would say that's one of the creative ways to show the alien and like it's it's more detailed features and things and how it like works and whatnot is through that. That's usually something that's sort of reserved for like a comedic bit. So I could see that being part of like, oh my God, Creature is such a good satire of 1979's Alien, you know? Somebody could see that bit in it and think of it as being like a joke because like the way that they catch the creature in the end is basically like a Scooby-Doo trap. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, um, so the guy who's been mostly, like, the company man this entire time, uh, Perkins, is like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna take one for the team. I'm, I'm gonna lure the alien while you rescue Beth. And he lays out, like, a net and, like, right over, like, I guess where, like, a hatch is. He sets a little bomb timer for 30 seconds and he waits. He gives that golden line where he finds the net and he starts setting it up and he's like, I think I found a way for us to capture tall, dark, and handsome. And I'm like... <laughs> This is a comedy, right? <laughs> but that like being struck by lightning and then it's showing like the skeleton and like a silhouette of your like, like of your body, but like the, the skeleton is what gets lit up by the lightning. That's what they do with the creature. And I could see someone reading that as a comedic bit, but they do a pretty good job of keeping the tension either through like the music or the set design or whatever. It's it's all very dark. I'm, I'm sure whoever did the cinematography was like, you, you guys are going to have to turn off like all the lights like all the time because with the lights on, it looks terrible. <laughs> So there's supposed to be like two crews and I feel like we didn't get much of a two crews. Like it was, it was basically just Hans and like the American group. We got the out, the outline we set up where the first crew got there and they were mauled and maimed and whatever. And we got one survivor from the original crew. I did like how they gave Hans a different astronaut costume. You know, his spacesuit is different than their spacesuits. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, I didn't notice it, but, but yeah, that, that would make more sense. Yeah. He would have like a different suit. And I liked, God, I really loved how their space, space suits had like function leds in the front to like illuminate their faces yeah like uh, the astronaut getup was actually pretty well done i mean like you could see their face inside it they were like well lit at one point like there's like blood on the helmets and that's where like adds the tension and everything remember the scene where uh they're like oh beth is at the that could be beth at the door and he's like wait shouldn't we not go there because it could be dangerous and like we don't want to let anything in from outside and the dude's like i'm not gonna leave beth out there and it's like wow i love how they keep doing that where one person is like clearly in a movie and the other person is giving like the rational argument to the legitimate like scientist or just person with their head on a swivel you know
know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The the captain is like, I'm I'm not leaving anyone behind, and and the company guys constantly like, listen, we we can't risk it, you know. I don't know if it's just because I'm living in a post Prometheus argument world, and I'm the kind of person who disagrees with the like, oh, a scientist did a thing I don't agree with because I know the full outcome of their actions, and therefore, like, I understand hindsight is in 2020, so I know that like bad things will happen to them if they take their helmets off, so on and so forth. I don't agree with that. I think that it's fine for a scientist to use his science to understand that something is safe and that this is why scientists uh, handle liquid nitrogen with their bare hands because they know it's safe. It was annoying just how just how unprofessional they were about a lot of things but it also did seem like they a lot of times they're talking about like we're not really equipped for this. It seemed like they were on a different mission and then they just got called in to seek out like this vessel. I don't know. It, it don't seem like they're the they're the professionals for this job. There was no one there who was like a specialist on, on aliens or or even just like what kind of instructions they would need to operate this German vessel. The, the doctor is a like a biologist and less of an actual medical doctor. And so that's that's kind of the were we well equipped for this? And they brought a security officer and when they ask like why do we have a security officer, they're just like, never mind, idiot. <laughs> like fuck off. Stop asking us questions. Cause we want one. So I do think the movie does its due diligence in explaining that like the company man knows that this is a potentially dangerous mission. You know, we we have a bunch of artillery on the ship. We brought a security officer. Our doctor's not a doctor. They're like a biologist of some kind. A space biologist too, not like a like a earth biologist, but like a space biologist. There are sprinkles of it throughout where it does seem like they came very well equipped for this job, even if everyone else is like, oh, we're just here to go and like note what the previous group found, but then they exploded or whatever. You know, okay, why do we have a security officer? And the answer is, you don't get to know, leave me alone. <laughs> And Bryce does seem, other than just having like a shitload of guns, she's also got like a tranquilizer at some point because John is freaking out after he finds Susan dead and she gives him like a tranquilizer. So they were a little bit prepared. There's sort of things that sort of like stand out as like really weird. Like I can't get over the fact that when Hans is like in the room with them and he's like munching down some food, it looks like he's got like a hamburger wrapper and like a soda from like some fast food place. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean... Is there an Arby's on Saturn's moon? Like, what's what's going on here? Okay, hold on. There is no evidence we have that uh, this isn't like... You ever watch Demolition Man? Yeah, yeah. How in the future they have the fast food wars and now, like, Taco Bell just owns everything. Oh, okay. So it's like the Shenandoah is, like, sponsored by Wendy's or something. <laughs> it's like a little food dispenser. And it just shoots out, like, little, little double burgers or whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, if they had done that, if we, if we like, comb through this movie later on, and we go through every little scene, you know, second by second, and we just frame by frame pick this bitch apart, and we find, like, a little McDonald's logo over their microwave, done. Um, it is it is one of the greatest satires of all time. Perfect. 12 out of 10. There were some were some really funny parts. Um, so, so when the doctor's, like, in the in the, the dark room, and Davis and Perkins, like, run in because they hear her screaming, her head is, like, bitten clean off. Oh, my God. As, as if it was, like, slightly by like a very heavy sword sort of like sort of like how like how like a how like praying mantis is sort of like you sort of like chew but like it just chewed the head right off or like the part where they bring beth into the, the like, i'm not gonna leave beth out there they bring her in and she's carried by hans yeah like Han, hans is carrying her so they like immediately go to start like checking and making sure beth is okay and hans is just there with like a broken uh astronaut helmet and he's got blood all over him and he's clearly like some kind of a zombie monster and they just completely ignore him they don't they don't get a single fuck yeah yeah he waits he waits them to check on her you know it's like oh okay you're good all right now i can attack now guys guys i'm a little pissed <laughs> 
He's he's mad they didn't attend to him. That's what it was. He wasn't being controlled by the alien. He was just upset that they didn't didn't even ask. Kind of rude, guys. Okay. <laughs> So, so, like, when these aliens take them over, they still seem to keep, like, their personality or at least, like, you know, their mental state pretty well. Because he's, like, going after Beth and he's, like, so pretty. <laughs> he's still perving, like, even after, like, he's gone monster. To be fair, if I was in the writing room for this movie, if I was told, like, hey, how do we do this? I think it's more interesting to have them not as, like, brainless zombies, but rather as, like, they're under control, but it's not, like, perfect. I think that's more interesting to me for some reason. And all of, all of, filmmaking is about making these like little choices here and there and whenever you see movies make those little choices it can really elevate them to something more interesting and I, I would have liked to see them lean into this a little bit more and they, and they kind of did like with Susan you know coming to John and asking him to like oh come help me you know those little like flares of drama and intrigue and mystery are incredibly interesting but like they could have leaned into it a little bit more and maybe had the first time where like the guy is like saying things like oh pretty and everyone's convinced that he can't do any like deeper thinking than like his basic instincts and then later when a character like Susan who we have like an emotional attachment with because she's John's love interest now she's like articulating full sentences and, and asking for help and everything and they're like no we have these monsters that we're trying to fight we can't she could be like uh, Hans was and he's like no she's speaking in full sentences I need to go out there and help her she's clearly still well but like she's she's not doing great when Susan came back she was like full like haunted specter she's outside the window and everything like we know there's no atmosphere it might be part of the like the lighting also doesn't help in this scene it's like that haunting blue so it does seem like she's a ghost almost i felt the same way like she she lures him out there he's seen her like get attacked like she, she's the first one to go on the ship and you know we see that little dragging scene and everything but he's distraught and he's been tranquilized and he, he goes after her and she like disrobes and then like immediately starts kissing him to death and we see her like put that little bug creature in his face or something. I also liked how consistently the monster would like face the camera in a way where they couldn't see the blood and then as soon as the character turned their head you could see all the blood on the side of their head. That that was kind of funny to me. I don't know why. I, I think that's kind of silly. Oh yeah, when um when John's like, oh yeah, I got a crick in my neck and that's why uh, I'm just facing this direction this entire time and then the moment the video closes we see the little brain sucker on his brain. And then later they're like, oh hey, why do you have the bandage on your head? And he's like, oh Oh man, the engineering room's crazy over here. Germans, I don't know. <laughs> but but hey, we're kind of coming up on that time. Was there were there any last things you want to say about the movie or or anything you want to say before we you know sign off? We see for ourselves out of here. Um, you know what? Whatever technology they thought was gonna be worth a fortune, I love that it's just neon lights behind glass with music playing. Basically, like some Spencer's gifts that uh, that they they had on this planet. You know, it's just nondescript technology that they were a little not specific, but we knew what we were getting, and they referred to it in the movie. They're like, yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a carrot monster from another planet. You know, don't laugh; it's scary. You know, the te the technology they find is just like uh, it's an MP3 player. They've been using CDs for like centuries now and they're like oh my god an mp3 player whoa the giant jukebox yeah it's spotify the technology is just spotify we thought this was dead many many centuries ago but we found it oh it's worth dying for oh and uh the whole thing with um uh, bryce gives uh beth her book back the the ship blows up and she's like hey hey here's your book i made sure you, you got it back they had that line where she's like oh i thought we were supposed to be having fun is this 
is this fun? And he's like, ask me later. And then she does ask him later. I liked that. They, they still managed to be flirty after losing the majority of their like team. Like this whole adventure is just sport play to them. That is like one of the worst tropes in all of fiction. And then after watching everyone they came on this mission with die a gruesome and horrifying death will come and ask me in my quarters later. Ha ha! I'm gonna have sex with you! <laughs> And she smiles and is happy about it. <laughs> and and Bryce is in the room too. We didn't do the one-liner. There's a great one-liner at the end. Uh, so Perkins got like you know he's got like the timer and the creature hits him. They open the hatch and he falls through. And then comes back and it's still got like the bomb on his chest. Uh, and Davis is like it didn't go off. And then Bryce, after being gone for like half the film, shows up and says, oh yes it did. And then shoots it and explodes. So Bryce gets like the cool one-liner. Yeah. After putting in no work, Bryce just shows up and is like fuck you to, right to hell you fucking scum sucking bastard <laughs> classic i did like that they kept that in from alien like the women are like strong badasses who can handle themselves i liked that that was nice we didn't get any multi-diversity really other than like the one german character i guess we did get, get get some pretty empowered women which is nice and like women with flaws too like they weren't just like a you know a perfect badass she's like a total badass, but also she gets lost sometimes. It's kind of hard to navigate this ship. I don't know. <laughs> I think she was reading the entire time. I think that's why she returns the book. She got she got engrossed. You know, it was a really great novel, and she's like, yeah, you know, oh, I should probably help my friends out. Honestly, I think that's a better joke. It's it's a better joke than I got lost. Like I uh, I was looking for you guys, and I saw that book, and honestly, it's a really good read. People should check it out. Looks at the camera. <laughs> I know, right? Scared to death. Wow. I wonder if they made a movie about it. Roll credits. <laughs> the director's just shilling super hard. There's a reason he only really got one big movie after this one. Like, fucking Christ. It's, it's a better movie than it has any right to be, to be honest with you. <laughs> It was um it, it was worth killing an afternoon on yeah well we'll uh, we'll call it here and uh and there'll be there'll be more music you can listen to here in just a, just a few seconds you can listen to the outro music and that'll be fun and nice and good well I enjoyed this all right good go 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 team and and yes yes it did it it did go off because I'm shoot I'm shooting it now and there's an explosion and I saved the day and I got lost and that's why it took me so long to get here okay bye yeah 